Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. Tim Bird Jr. leads Strategies 360 office in Northern California. Based in San Francisco, he is a seasoned advocacy veteran with deep roots throughout the Bay Area. Since joining S360 in 2019, he has built a practice helping clients navigate the intersection of emerging technology, law, and public policy. He successfully helped clients engage on local and state issues, including the future of work, healthcare, telehealth, life sciences, privacy, data security, transportation, self-driving technology, entertainment, and co-working. Before joining S360, Tim led an all-public policy for Lyft on the West Coast, developing regulations and policy initiatives for the company's rideshare and self-driving vehicle programs across 17 states. I know Tim because he served as a deputy district attorney for Alameda County in Oakland, California, where... I happen to know he secured many jury trial verdicts in cases ranging from first-degree murder, attempted murder of a peace officer, sexual assault, and domestic violence cases. He also served on the District Attorney Legislative Committee. Tim Burr, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Lewis, it's so great to be here. I've heard a bunch of your episodes, so I feel honored to, to be the next guest. I'm very happy to have you. It's fun to talk to you. We certainly had some times together in the DA's office, but you've been out of the DA's office for a while. So tell us what sort of practice are you in right now? Yeah. So I left the Alameda County District Attorney's Office in 2014. And since then, I've been working essentially on government affairs, public policy, which are kind of fancy way uh, of saying lobbying. And so when I left the DA's office, I actually joined Lyft, the ride-sharing company's public policy team. I was one of the early folks on, on that Lyft public policy. And then in 2019, January 2019, I ended up joining Strategies 360, which is, I think, the largest pub, like, public affairs, government affairs firm out on the West Coast. And I had the opportunity to open up the San Francisco-based Bay Area practice for Strategies 360. So I work now essentially as a contract lobbyist. You know, clients work with us because they have a regulatory issue either at city government, you know, maybe it's county government throughout the nine Bay Area counties, or that they have an issue that needs to be solved in Sacramento and we work in the state capital. Where are you from originally? Born in San Jose, born and raised in, in the South Bay. So, so yeah, we lived kind of either in San Jose or Saratoga growing up. Fun place to, to grow up, that's for sure. And then we, we did, my family did move to Tucson, Arizona. So we lived there for three years. That was my seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And then we moved right back home to Saratoga. And that's where I finished up high school. What high school did you graduate from? St. Francis High School, which is in Mountain View. Great school, super fun. We we lived a little bit south, so we had to like navigate traffic getting to and from St. Francis every day, but really, really great school. What sort of things did you participate in or do when you were in high school at St. Francis? Yeah, I mean, it was all sports. So yeah, soccer and baseball were my sports. And I haven't thought about high school in kind of a little bit. So 
you know, just all kinds of activities early on. I was a little unique and I had transferred high schools. So I also had very close relationships with a lot of my friends in Arizona. So, you know, I, like, well, I would go back for prom in Arizona, for example, and then also, you know, have prom at St. Francis. And it was kind of a unique experience, like trying to keep close ties with my friends in Arizona. That was before social media. You actually had to call and go visit people to keep in touch. So it made a unique high school experience. When you graduated from St. Francis, where'd you go to college? I went to UC Davis. Yeah, and, and I absolutely loved my my story about about Davis is, is you know when you apply to the UCs, you can apply to like seven or eight, you know, all the campuses in one. I didn't really know much about Davis at the time. My my grandma encouraged me to apply and I had a and, and I did and you know eventually got in. When I was deciding on college, it was either University of Arizona. Santa Clara University, where I had a lot of family history, including my dad had attended their undergrad and, and MBA, and then and then UC Davis. I had a couple really close friends from high school who were the year or two above me that were at Davis, and so I, I went and visited them my senior year. Completely fell in love with the campus, and so I'm a I'm a huge advocate for for UCD. I've said this before on this podcast. But it seems to me that everybody who goes to Davis, whether for undergrad or law school, loves it, has a great experience. Yeah, I, I went all in. I mean, as, as, I was part of my personality. Like in high school, I was kind of, you know, I, I, I was very involved in my old school and at St. Francis. And so Davis was the time for me to just really just engage there. And I did. I got involved in student government. I played lacrosse the first like year, two years of, of college because I wanted to try a new sport and I uh, was involved in my fraternity. And it really was a huge shaping of like my career and personality now, just the opportunity to be at Davis the, in the proximity of Sacramento, which, you know, as we talk about it, will become clear that was a big influence uh, on me. as well. So yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about UC Davis. I still go there quite often because I have to go to Sacramento for work. And so I stop there all the time time to like go go eat and hit my favorite places when you graduated from davis did you go directly to law school or did you take some time off i did i did not go straight through to law school so i actually went to um, washington dc right after graduation so like two days after my graduation from davis i flew to washington dc and i interned for then senate for senator uh, diane feinstein when did you first start thinking about becoming a lawyer and a related question, when did you first start thinking about going to law school? It really wasn't until college. I ended up interning at the Sacramento District Attorneys. And so I knew I had this interest in government and politics, and I wasn't kind of sure what to do with that. But when I went to go work at the Sacramento DA's office, it sparked something. I, just watching you know, the, the, the deputy DA's you know, work for victims like how serious they took their job and, and the role that, that they saw themselves have. I knew at that point that at some, I, you know, I wanted to go to law. And more specifically, and when I went to law school, I was laser focused. I wanted to become a, a trial attorney. And more specifically, my plan at the time um, was that I wanted to become a prosecutor. Yeah, I had never really thought about being a prosecutor until I was almost done with law school. And I had the experience of clerking you know, very fortuitously at the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. And the minute I got in there, I went, wow, this is where I really want to be. This is oh. just, this is what I want to do. At least for now, this is what I really want to do. My first year law school crim 
crim law professor is a woman named Ellen Kreitzberg. And Professor Kreitzberg was a defense attorney by background. And at some point in time, I approached her and let her know that I wanted to go this route. And, and I remember vividly her saying, if you want to become a prosecutor, the office you want to go to in the Bay Area is the Alameda County DA's office. They do things ethically. You know, they seek justice. Now, where did you go to law school? I went to Santa Clara. So at the time, as I mentioned, I was living in Washington, D.C. I was like, I'm a California person. I, I needed to live here. I, like, I wanted to be back home. I wanted to be near friends and family. You know, Lewis and I talked a little bit before this. We both share a passion for the mountains. I wanted to, to be home and, and, and be able to go to the beach, be able to, to go to the mountains. And you just don't have that in D.C. And, and so I, I kind of mentioned earlier, my dad had gone to Santa Clara. My great aunt was like one of the first women to graduate from Santa Clara. Uh, a little family family lore. And so it was important for me to come and go to school here in the Bay Area. I mean, I, there were some schools in D.C. and in other places that I thought about going, even back to Davis for law school. But I really wanted to be back in the Bay Area specifically. And that's how I ended up at Santa Clara. When you graduated from Santa Clara, was the DA's office your first legal job? Yes. Yes. I, and, and as I mentioned, it, it was my singular focus to end up at the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. Tom Orloff was still the DA at the time. I think I was one of the last folks, one of the, I think we were the last full law clerk class during Tom Orloff's time as the district attorney. I happen to know I was the last deputy district attorney hired by Lowell Jensen. Ah, legends. <laughs> How long were you in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office? Yeah, it was yeah, it was six years. Yeah, so it's 2018 to end of 2014. Just what a tremendous you know experience. It you know when I decided to leave, that was one of the hardest decisions because as you know, you know, Lewis, there's a lot of extremely talented people who have spent their career at the Alameda County DA's office, and I certainly thought that was going to be my career. I thought I was going to stay there potentially, you know, for the duration. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was after six years then I decided to, to go to Lyft. Yeah. Leaving the Alameda County district attorney's office was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And I don't think a, a day goes by where I don't sort of say, well, it was, was that really the right move? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, and I miss the camaraderie of the office yeah. and so many of the personalities. Um, what I mean, the way I think about it is the opportunities for mentorship in that office. And I'll also give credit to the defense bar in Alameda County and the, the, the Alameda County Public Defender's Office. I mean, I learned so much from working with folks like yourself, Lewis, and watching all the other DAs try cases. That was the beauty of it. You got to, you know, firsthand watch this incredible pool of, of the top talented lawyers. What is it that you really like about being a lawyer? I, advocacy. Yeah. Just, I love uh, run, you know, working on issues. And part of the reason why I ended up leaving the DA's office was, you know, I wanted to kind of work on, on other issues from a legal standpoint. I, I'd always had an interest in, in government. And, you know, at the time, I vividly remember like governments were sort of were fighting against Lyft and Uber and like the ride and the ride sharing companies that had just been founded. And to me, it was a no brainer. I mean, we spent a lot of time, Lewis, dealing DUI cases and seeing families and people's careers ruined by DUIs. So to me, like Lyft and Uber and this kind of new technology, it was important to our community to be able to go join Lyft at that time. We were really creating a, a whole new regulatory framework. Yeah, I think that the 
experience of going to law school and learning to think like a lawyer and then the experience of trying cases and learning to think like a trial advocate are skills that really can be taken to all kinds of other endeavors. Exactly. At 2014, Lyft was a small company. I joined it was like maybe 250 people, possibly, maybe, maybe a little bit smaller than that. At the same time, you had Uber, who was much better funded, a larger company. And then, you know, we really were going up against the kind of taxis who had regulatory capture on a very local level. They had, dec- you know, relationships with government officials. And, and we were going in trying to unlock this puzzle. And every market was different. The players were different. And to me, it, it just it, it reminded me of just what it was like to have a stack of cases. What are the problems with this case? What are the issues that we need to hone in on, you know, case to case and adjusting strategy as needed is something that transferred perfectly over to government affairs and lobbying. If a young person was just coming out of college and was thinking about a career in law, would you advise that individual to head towards the law? I'm a yes on that question. I am a believer that despite, you know, what we mentioned and we all know the challenges um, of, of deciding to become a lawyer, you know, the skill set that you build in order you know, to, to, to solve problems is unique. What do you think's the best advice you've ever received? And what advice would you give to a young person who is just starting off in their law career? It's, it's put in the time. And, you know, I remember Senator Feinstein telling folks to, to put in the work and put in more time than anybody else. And, and, and so I try to remind myself of that all the time. Do you think the legal system is fair? I, I believe that the criminal justice system is fair. At least I'd like to believe that the criminal justice system is, is fair. But that said, you know, it was always part of part of my thought process that there needs to be reform. And so it's 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 nice to be able to work on some of those issues in Sacramento. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life like and how has practicing law affected your family life and how has practicing law fit into your family life? Yeah. So this answer would have been very different three years ago, but we, as I mentioned, have a, a two-year-old and a two-month-old and my my wife works. She's the head of product for a company called Calendly. She's a lawyer by background, but actually ended up working in product. And uh, so she's a, a major product leader in the Bay Area and, and really just in tech in general. And so the two of us, you know, are have demanding jobs and we're trying to balance, you know, raising our kids. Quite frankly, the pandemic has allowed us, you know, to be able to be home and work from home. Have you had any interesting travel experience? I love to to snowboard. And so we, we had an opportunity to go down to South America. And so we got to do some snowboarding down both in Chile. There's a mountain there called Portillo that's like I hope to get back there sometime in my life. Just an amazing experience. And then three trips to Argentina uh, that were, you know, based around going down there snowboarding. And of course, you know, maybe this goes without saying, but you're traveling down to South America, like in late July and early August is kind of the best time to go down there to go skiing. So, you know, those were very unique trips. One of those trips was like, I want to say it was an almost two month trip around Argentina where it was basically just bus travel, long bus rides. And, you know, we were just trying to follow the storms as as we were kind of busting around the different parts of Argentina and the different mountains down there. 
Now, you've mentioned snowboarding and snow sports. Are there any other recreational pursuits that you enjoy in order to kind of clear your head when you're trying to move away from work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a big outdoors guy. So, you know, it's in the, in the winter, snowboarding is a passion of mine. I, you know, now I have, you know, a little kid where I get to play all kinds of sports with him. So my first love was baseball. Well, still is baseball. Uh, I, I grew up playing baseball and actually I played men's league hardball for a long, starting when I was working in Washington, D.C., and I really stopped because I was traveling so much when I was working for Lyft. So, you know, just kind of anything related to sports, baseball, football. And then personally, I'm a runner and, you know, we we try to be outside as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that practicing law is hard. I think all the professions are hard. And I don't think that you get to be a lawyer easily. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. And I think that it's just absolutely critical to have some activities that are physical and can get our minds off of the work that we do. I think about that a lot because of the high stakes nature of you know work as a lawyer or what I do now in terms of um, serving our, our clients on government affairs issues and campaigns. Activities like snowboarding, surf, you know, or a mountain bike. I didn't mention that. I mountain bike a lot as well, where you're just like out of work and you're focused on what is directly in front of you. You know, I get all my best ideas in those moments. And running also is is important to me. I feel like I generate like all my good ideas, you know, when, I, when I'm running. And, you know, when I was in trial, and I'll meet it back back when I was in the DA's office. That Lake Merritt run was absolutely critical to my mental health and the successes I had in trial because, like, all of my good like closing argument thoughts or opening lines or like just trial strategy came from that what three point two mile loop around Lake Merritt, and and so that was really critical to to my success as a lawyer is being able to find the balance outside of the practice to kind of keep your head on straight. Yeah. It would depend if you did like one long lake or two short lakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a time where I could run two, two lakes, but I'm not at that. I'm not at that level of shape anymore. How do you define success? Yeah. For me, it's just, you know, doing work that you love and you're passionate about uh, and finding balance in time with your, with your friends and family. What sort of things keep you up at night? Two things. It's health of family and friends. And then like our work is, is intense and I am passionate about helping, you know, the clients that we're fortunate enough to work with. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I am the type of person that I find myself up at two, three in the morning you know, thinking about these issues. A few years ago, actually, I started doing this habit when I was in the DA's office. You know, you'd like, you're in a trial and you come up with a line or a zinger or like a strategy, write, write that down in your phone. So I, you know, rely pretty heavily on my notes app on my phone where I just like write down those ideas in the middle of the night. Otherwise, I stay up dwelling on them. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a combination of health and friends and family and, and work. Well, you see, there's the generational difference. When I was trying cases in the DA's office, I always had an envelope by the side of the bed with a pen, and I would <laughs> write all my ideas on the envelope and then look at them in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
Let's say you and your wife came into some real money. Let's say three or four billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? Great question. I, you know, I would personally, I think we would, would travel a lot more and, and, and get to see more of the world. It would be nice to be able to prioritize that. Traveling is expensive with a family, you know, but I, I think it would be trying to figure out just how we prioritize time in terms of investing in the community in people around us that are, are working to make the community a better place. You know, I, I, I love the question because it forces you to, to take a look at what kind of work that you're doing. And so if the answer to this question is, I quit my job, and then, then it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, do you really like what you're doing or is there another career path you should be thinking about? I'm pretty far down my career path at this point. So, you know, I, I'm happy. I get to work in, a, in an area, Lewis, where like we're advising young companies you know, big companies, big Fortune 500 companies, but also young com- with young founders who are really excited about, you know, their idea, their business. And so I, I do feel like even if we came into some huge money, you know, I'd still want to do some of that work and, and work in, you know, with, with new companies and innovative companies. But without question, you know, it would be a lot more travel if we came into that kind of money. Well, you're a sports fan. Let's say someone gave you 60 seconds on the Super Bowl. Really big microphone, really big platform. You could make an ad with your couple of billion dollars and say anything that you wanted. What would you want to say to the world in that 60 seconds on the Super Bowl ad? I I would think I'd want to be able to use that to express the love for my family and tell the, you know, people around me in terms of, you know, my community, my friends, uh, how important they are to me. I don't think I'd use that time to be selling any, anything in particular. So that's, that's what I would probably do with my, my Super Bowl spot. Tim Burr, thank you so much for joining me today on the Love Thy Lawyer podcast. It has been a delight to talk to you. Lewis, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And I look forward to seeing you sometime soon. And hopefully we get a chance to go ski together. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks as always to my guests who share their wisdom. And to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. But that said, you know, whether the, I think... From my let me let me restart this answer.